0: Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery. The topic is start meeting. Starting a new meeting requires determination and work, but the reward of watching others find the ACA way of life is worth it. As children growing up in turmoil, confusion, and despair, many of us had no anchor, no sense of belonging. We survived from day to day, sometimes hour to hour. We hoped we could outwit or sweet-talk or hide from our perpetrators. All alone, we relied on our ingenuity, our wits, and our child selves to survive. When we found out about ACA and read some of the literature, we were surprised. Someone knew what had happened to us. We looked for a meeting. We were very disappointed when we couldn't find one in our town. Again, life just didn't seem to want to work for us. But we then found telephone and internet meetings on the website, and we worked our program hard. We found great recovery, but the itch to have a face-to-face meeting just wouldn't go away. After enough time went by, we gathered the courage to start a meeting in our town. We contacted WSO, and they guided us every step of the way. It took a lot of work, but it was the greatest gift we ever gave ourselves. We finally had an anchor. We finally found our home on this day i will remember how life was before i found aca so that i can see how much better it is now if i'm able to help start a new meeting i embrace it as a way to both enhance my own recovery and make aca available to others you know it, it's not my primary purpose but in a lot of ways that last sentence epitomizes one of the reasons that i want to do this podcast is It's a way to both enhance my own recovery and make this wonderful program available to others. Um, You know, I remember the first time I read Alice Miller's drama, The Gifted Child, this is well before I'd heard of Tony A., the founder of ACA, and I just couldn't believe it. I just had never heard anything like this before, Um, you know, portraying a lot of parents in kind of like the bully role and talking about psychoanalysts and how they had denied you know childhood abandonment and the link between depression and grandiosity when someone and then to read the big red book just just even now you know 2 years in I'm I'm amazed at how accurate it is um and uh also you know there's a lot of like well this is technology's terrible but you know without the phone I never would have found this program. I never would have been able to work this program. Uh, And so technology, as I remember, I think an MIT professor Sherry Turkle said, technology isn't good or bad, it's powerful. And, you know, one of the things that i try to do is kind of focus on the positive things of of what technology can also do you know and can connect people to like-minded people because god knows i've never heard it, i've never met anybody growing up who, who, who who thought of this kind of stuff but it's just great to meet people from all over the world and communicate them um and that would not be possible without technology and this is a very um So, just very grateful. The next reading is Buried Memories. The healing begins when we risk moving out of isolation. Feelings and buried memories will return. Did it really happen? Did it happen the way I remember? Am I crazy or are they? Some of us have few memories of our childhood because of the trauma we experienced. As a result, we may question what we do remember or even why we feel the way we do when we can't attach specific memories to the feelings. But our body knows something happened because it stores our trauma from both physical and emotional abuse. As we move out of isolation into recovery, one of the first things we learn to recognize and honor is our feelings. By continuing to talk to and trust the people in our groups, and often the therapist, we gradually gain clarity. The buried memories start to return, even when they don't. We honor our instincts when we realize we feel unsafe around family members and others. We don't question ourselves. We honor our feeling, knowing that it is real and that we're not crazy, and we take steps to keep ourselves safe. On this day, I will trust my instincts and feelings, even if I can't attach a reason for them that will satisfy others. You know, I came from a nonviolent communication course, and one of the things uh, they talked about was this need to identify your feelings. And from that, it's a roadmap to figure out what your needs are. And, you know, that's kind of like the first phase of NBC communication. And I remember thinking, growing up, honoring your feelings was something that nobody did. And second, wasn't even worth, like, what was the use in it? And the answer is everything. <laughs> it's a guide. And uh, they will come out somewhere. And... uh Yeah, I think that's um, another big part, you know, feel your feelings, be your own loving parent, be you know, be your own protective parent, I would argue. So that's it for that one. And then the final reading from ACA Strengthening or Recovery comes, is the false self. The false self is the adult child personality expressed in the 14 traits of the laundry list. While growing up, we unknowingly use the survival technique of developing a false self, a disguise. The mask we used to cover the codependent and addictive traits we learned from our dysfunctional families. We feared and were controlled by other people. We based our feelings on our parents' behaviors. We did so because we were not allowed to express our personal feelings. There were consequences for doing so. The laundry list is an important tool we use to identify our ACA characteristics. It guides us in taking our blameless inventory, thus revealing our true self and of affirming our worthiness. We learn what behaviors we want to change in order to move from our false self to our true self. In recovery, we begin to understand that in order to grow, it is important to accept and not deny all of our feelings. Some of us use the slogan, there is no healing without feeling, almost as a mantra. There is no healing without feeling. (laughs) There is no healing without feeling, almost as a mantra. Interesting. Gradually, our true self emerges as we reach out to others in the fellowship and as we learn the language of ACA. On this day, as I remove the mask of my false self, I am free to make healthy decisions about the revelation of my true self. The next reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. You are lovable. We go back and back and back through the layers of fear, shame, rage, hurt, and negative incantations until we discover the exuberant, unencumbered, delightful, and lovable child that was and still is in us beyond codependency. You know I think about it you know I's been thinking about it a lot as a power greater than myself can restore me to truth and love, because that's all there is. And that's all I was. And then the false self starts emerging. You are lovable. Yes, you. Just because people haven't been there for you, just because certain people haven't been able to show love for you in ways that worked, just because relationships have failed or gone sour does not mean that you're unlovable. You've had lessons to learn. Sometimes those lessons have hurt. Let go of the pain. Open your heart to love. You are lovable. You are loved. Today, I will tell myself, if I'm lovable, I will do this until I believe it. The next reading is feelings on the job. I'm furious about my job. Another man got a promotion that I believe I deserve. I'm so mad, I feel like quitting. Now, my wife says I should deal with my feelings. What good will that do? He's still got the promotion. Our feelings at work are as important as our feelings in any other area of life. Feelings are feelings, and wherever we incur them, Dealing with them is what helps us move forward and grow. Not acknowledging our feelings is what keeps us stuck and gives us stomach aches, headaches, and heartburn. Yes, it can be a challenge to deal with the feelings on the job. Sometimes things can appear useless. One of our favorite tricks is to avoid dealing with feelings is telling ourselves it's useless. We want to give careful consideration to how we deal with our feelings on our job. It may be appropriate to take our intense feelings to someone not connected to our workplace and sort through them in a safe way. Once we've experienced the intensity of the feelings, we can figure out what we need to do to take care of ourselves on the job. Sometimes, as in any area of our life, feelings are to be felt and accepted. Sometimes they are pointing to a problem in us or a problem we need to resolve with someone else. Sometimes our feelings are helping to point us in a direction. Sometimes they're connected to a message or a fear. I'll never be successful. I'll never get what I want. I'm not good enough. Sometimes the solution is a spiritual reproach or a remedy. Remember, whenever we bring a spiritual approach to any area of our life, we get the benefit. Wow, that is great. You know, that just reminds me of spiritual growth can solve all of our problems. Not some of them, not most of them, all of them. When we bring a spiritual approach, what would a spiritual approach be to me is, you know, asking different questions. What would my higher power want? How can I bring action and service? How can I be of service to people at home, in the family, at the workplace, on the street? Probably a more easier way to go about dealing with life. Back to the reading. We won't know what the lesson is until we summon the courage to stand still and deal with our feelings. Reminds me of the ACA sayings, be still and know, and don't just do something sit there. Today, I will consider my feelings at work as important as my feelings at home or anywhere else. I will find an appropriate way to deal with them. The final reading is letting go of anger. In recovery, we often discuss anger objectively. Yes, we reason it's an emotion we're all prone to experience. Yes, the goal in recovery is to be free of resentment and anger. Yes, it's okay to feel angry. We agree. Well, maybe. Anger is a powerful and sometimes frightening emotion. It's also a beneficial one if it's not allowed to harden into resentment or used as a battering ram to punish or abuse people. Anger is a warning signal. It points to problems. Sometimes it signals problems we need to solve. Sometimes it points to boundaries we need to set. Sometimes it's the final burst of energy before letting go where acceptance settles in. And sometimes anger just is. It doesn't have to be justified. It usually can't be confined to a tidy package. And it need not cause us to stifle our energy or ourselves. We don't have to feel guilty whenever we experience anger. We don't have to feel guilty. Breathe deeply. We can shamelessly feel all our feelings, including anger, and still re- take responsibility for our behaviors. I will feel and release any angry feelings I have today. I can do that appropriately and safely. And that concludes the final reading for today's episode Till next time, this is Kowan Saluja reminding myself to feel my feelings, to pause because that's where God is, and to love myself.